Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Letters to Myself podcast. I hope you are all having an amazing month of May and that your Saturday is going great because today is Saturday as I'm recording this. I have my coffee next to me. I slept in a little bit. I'm going to go visit my family later today and have a sleepover with my sister. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling really, really great. And it's only Saturday morning, the whole weekend is ahead. So definitely in a good mood. Um, Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you. If you're listening to this right now, if you have been listening to my podcast, thank you so much. I know I'm not very consistent um, and that, you know, I don't necessarily have a big, like, it's not a big podcast. I don't get a lot of monthly listeners, but if you are one of the few people that do listen to it, Thank you so much. And if you interact with it in any other way, I really appreciate it. I just felt like I needed to say that because it it just, it it definitely means a lot to me. All right. So without further ado, let's just get into the podcast or today's topic. So I'm going to center this episode mostly around reading and like tips for reading and how to get into it if you want to become more of a reader Uh, But before that, I just wanted to do a bit of an update since it's been a while, I think since March, Um, (laughs) even though I said I wanted to record like bi-weekly. So, I mean, I flopped, but um, as you know, I I moved out. So now I'm in my own place. It's definitely been an adjustment because there's obviously a lot more responsibility um, just in terms of not even like chores because I always did chores living at home. It's just that it was easier to divide responsibilities. And now, even if I'm working or, you know, not feeling well, or I'm so busy, I have to do it or it won't get done. That's kind of the main problem. But at the end of the day, there have been a lot of positives to it as well, because I have such a large space now to decorate and to you know develop my taste and it just it feels good to have your own your own proper your own proper space but of course it is it is a transition you know missing your family and it's just I don't know like being I I know for people who aren't so close to their family like maybe it's a little bit easier but for me it's like I am super close especially to my sister and it's just not having a person to just like complain to at the end of the day or like talk to all the time. Now, mind you, I live like a six minute drive away. So it's not like I moved halfway across the country. I visit multiple times a week. And again, I'm sleeping over there tonight. I'm probably going to spend all of Sunday there. So it's not like I never see them anymore. But it's just, you know, sometimes it, it does get a little bit, I don't know. It just feels different. And I'm getting I'm getting used to that. So that's one thing. The other thing, I don't know, and I think it's part of the reason why I haven't even been able to come and do like normal things like keep up with my podcast and even in general like write or do the things that I enjoy to do is because I have been in such a bad mental place, Um, like genuinely struggling every single day and I'm just now kind of getting out of that but the entire month of like I would say mid-March to the end of April has been absolutely terrible it's just one thing after the other and 
I feel like I've hinted and talked about anxiety a little bit, but it has just gotten so bad that every day just feels like I'm just getting by. Like it's like one more day, just one more day, just get through work and then you come home. But then when you get home, it's like, there's other things that I have to do. I can't just let it all go. I can't, I feel like I I don't have the time to cry about it. I don't have the time to just rest and heal and I feel burnt out. So it just kind of piles up. Um, and I guess the, the worst time of it was like a few weeks ago, I started developing like not a tremor, but I would start like shaking just from being so anxious. Um, I Googled it actually, but something happened that I didn't know how to explain. And only later did I realize it was like depersonalization, but basically I was so, uh, stressed out that it felt like my like I was not attached to my body anymore. Like I didn't feel like the world around me was even, was even real. And I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my judgment. I thought that I, I don't know how to be a human being. I don't know how to make judgment calls. So I actually researched the definition. If, uh, if you go to mayoclinic.org, it says depersonalization dash derealization disorder occurs when you persistently or repeatedly have the feeling that you're observing yourself from outside your body or you have a sense that things around you aren't real, or both. So these feelings can be very disturbing and may feel like you are living in a dream. So for me, like I still felt like the world around me was concrete. I felt like I was not real. Um, and it kind of got to a point where I, I thought that you know I don't know what I'm talking about. Like I can't make decisions for myself anymore. Um, also the sense of just feeling like a bad person. Like I got this idea into my head that I'm a bad person for every little mistake I make. Like, for example, I would like forget to, like if I forget to call a client at work or just like small things like that. Or if, you know, I'm on my period and I was a little bit moody that day, I wouldn't think of it in terms of like, okay, like I'm a human being, I'm having a moment, like no one's perfect 24 seven. Instead, I would be like, I'm, I'm a bad person and I believe that and I was like I consciously acted like a like this on purpose like I would question my own intentions and I still do that to this day so it kind of got to the point where I don't know what I'm talking about anymore like I am second guessing every word that comes out of my mouth I'm second guessing people's intentions I'm so stressed out that I feel like I want to blow up so yeah um It's been very, very challenging. And I don't like, I'm like definitely a little bit better now because um, I've kind of forced myself to just calm down. Like I spent a week working from home. So that has made it a little bit easier to you know, do my daily yoga and have more downtime because I don't have to commute anymore. I don't have to dress up and put makeup on, which takes like, it takes about two hours out of my day in total. Um, so that for sure has been a little bit relaxing and I feel like I'm just now starting to get a grasp back on things, but definitely need to make some adjustments and I can't wait to take a vacation in the summer. I just need to. Like, honestly, I I let things go for far too long. I haven't taken a vacation since before COVID. Like, I, ha- I have not. 
I just need to learn how to relax and it's easier said than done because anxiety makes it so difficult to relax and you know feeling just putting so much pressure on myself it it just makes it so difficult to ever feel like it's justified for me to relax or just take a break or like I even feel guilty if I sleep in like an extra half hour like I feel like that's not normal so um I know it's normal for other for other people and I justify it for them it's just for me it makes it difficult to do so so yeah that's pretty much been my um my past few weeks hasn't all been bad though not gonna lie it's there have been good moments too you know good days um for sure the weather getting better has a positive impact on mental health I love doing my 10k steps I've definitely mentioned that before and just seeing flowers and seeing greenery that makes my day a whole lot better and I notice that if I do like a 30 to 40 minute yoga session and then do my 10k steps in one day it kind of like tires me out in a good way and I definitely feel less anxious um and I'm hoping to also add in Pilates just for a bit more muscle toning. Like I really want to get back into that because since I, I guess not not since, since the year started, I would say like I've kind of fallen off just because all the stress has been piling up and I don't even feel like I can do like regular things. <laughs> so yeah, that's an update. <laughs> um, Let's just move on because I don't even want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> But the next thing I, oh, I also wanted to discuss something I recently discovered, and it's also kind of related with health, but health and the menstrual cycle. And what I didn't know that I think I recently saw it on a video was that um, if you menstruate the first two weeks after your period ends or like once your period starts you're gonna have a lot more energy and feel you know energetic and happy and be able to get things done but that the I think it's the weeks after ovulation if I'm not mistaken like right before your period starts it's normal to feel tired and feel more moody so I had always like everybody knows about like PMS and you know the stereotype that women just become bitchy and that they're they're annoying but I never knew that our bodies are actually designed on like a monthly cycle instead of a a daily cycle, which our world is set up in daily cycles because we, you know, we have our work week, like we, we get up, we go through a routine. And this is the first month I also kind of was in tune with my body and noticed that it is true. I have so much energy the first two weeks. And then the last two weeks before my period, I feel so tired like sometimes especially the week before I can barely like keep my eyes open in the evening like I just want to sleep and it's not so much moodiness it's more like sensitivity and just wanting someone to to kind of cater to your emotions and talk things out with you whereas especially in the week of ovulation I just find I'm a lot more aggressive I'm not as sensitive I take things as they come and when you actually are aware of that it's so crazy to think about like damn, our bodies really are functioning like this. And we're never told about it. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Why didn't sex education in high school or middle school even mention it? Why were we not taught these important things? Like, why is 
why is it so neglected, you know, that I had to find out about it from some like YouTube or TikTok video when I'm in my 20s and not when I first started menstruating when I was like 11 or 12 years old, when it was more difficult because you had like as a tween girl, you have shame, like you don't feel comfortable discussing it. We're taught to keep quiet. We don't ask questions. And back then, you know, you didn't have as much access to technology. That's when I would have benefited from this information. And I'm sure a lot of other people with periods would have too, you know? So yeah, it's just been enlightening. And I would definitely want to read some books and look more into that. Um, and just see how, you know, you can optimize each month and how you can optimize each cycle. Like, I'm sure there are activities throughout the month that are better to do at certain times, you know? So yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's go into the main thing that I wanted to talk about today, tips for reading. And, you know, just talk about some ways that you can get back into reading if you're interested in doing so, or if you are already into reading, maybe bring about some new ideas, new ways that you can, I don't know, read more. I don't know if that's a goal of yours. Like some people want to read more and other people just enjoy where they're at. But I have always just been obsessed with reading. So even as a kid, I would look forward to every week to go to the public library down the street. And I would get, I remember like five books for the week. And even that was never enough. I would come home from school. And, you know, back then I didn't have Wi-Fi at home. Um, I had my DS and, but even then I would just read. Like I would, was such an avid reader. I would read a book a day during the week after school and it was just the funnest time it was just the best time and I would read anything like I was obsessed with every kind of book and I even remember in when I was in like grade five was when kind of Twilight was super popular I think the first movie was coming out and that's why and I just remember being so obsessed with that book like I read all of Twilight and New Moon in like two days and they were such thick books and I wasn't allowed to read them because my mom thought they were inappropriate for my age, which I mean, they kind of were for someone who's in grade five. So I would read it secretly. Like I, like that's how much I loved reading. Um, but yeah, so basically I read all throughout elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, I do think towards the end of high school, like grade 11 and 12, I kind of didn't read as often just because that's kind of the age where you're super into your social groups and I was out more than I was at home at that point same with I think like first year so I wasn't reading really as often it was not taking precedence in my life I would just you know read here and there um and then I think around like fourth year uni is when I started to really get into reading again and like like heavy core heavy, hardcore on a schedule with like reading books because a lot of people read for leisure like there's different purposes for reading there's people who read for leisure people who read for escapism because they want to escape you know <laughs> the shitty life we're all in um there's people who read for knowledge but you can read for knowledge because you have to like for school or you can read for knowledge because you're genuinely curious about a subject so there are so many 
purposes why we read. For me, it's kind of a combination of fun and reading for knowledge because I love to learn about things, but I also want to balance it out. Like I'm not just going to read a nonfiction book that teaches me, I don't know, different techniques for like anxiety. I also want to read fiction, you know? I like a mix of the two. I personally think that there's also a lot to gain from a fictional book because when authors write fictional characters, they're writing them to reflect, like these characters reflect humanity, right? So you can learn a lot about human nature and about character from reading a fictional book. It's not that they don't give you any knowledge. I think that fictional books do have their place and we can still learn from them as well. Um, so I honestly think they're pretty underrated. And when people are like book booktubers, book talkers, whatever, are like, oh, like I only read nonfiction. It's like, what do you gain? Like, okay. I don't understand when people kind of make it seem like, oh, like if you only read fiction, you're like not reading for the right purpose because there's no bad purpose or wrong reason to read. Like it's all good. And no matter what you're reading, it's going to benefit your brain, like regardless. So anyways, um, there's also a distinction between like a physical copy of the book. And now we have so much access to e-reading like Kindles, Kobo's, um, even if you have the online PDF. So a lot of people are against having a Kindle or a, or a Kobo, I think. And then other people swear by e-readers because it's just so much easier. So again, for me, I balance my time between both. So I will always have, I'll always be reading two books at once and one book on Kindle and one book on a physical copy. So there's different ways you can kind of strategize to leverage both physical and Kindle because physical books are expensive, right? And you don't always want to pay top dollar for a book. So the way I kind of divide it is that Kindle is better for nonfiction, first of all, because it allows you to make notes. Like you can highlight, you can add in notes in the margins. It makes it very easy for learning about things or for, you know, not even nonfiction, historical books. Um, if you're going to be note-taking on a memoir, it's a lot easier to write down your own information to highlight things in bright color without damaging a physical book, you know, and then it's there. So that whenever you want to go back to it and you're like, hmm, you know, like I want to think about this quote, you can go back to that and you'll know exactly where it is because Kindle makes it so that it tells you what page and chapter it's from. And you have the added benefit of syncing it across devices. So I have Kindle on my Mac, I have Kindle on my phone, and I have my actual Kindle reader, like the device that I bought from Amazon. So this means that it's super convenient because if I'm on a long car ride and I don't want to just, you know, use social media, I can read my Kindle and I'm there, you know, like it's super convenient and you don't have to lug a big book around you. And I think it's easy, especially if you're taking the subway or taking the train or the bus, it's, you know, you have, you just have your phone. You don't need to carry a physical book that might get damaged or that's heavy depending on what you're carrying to work or to school. So in that sense, Kindle is really great for someone who is on the go. So yeah, I prefer it for nonfiction. I also prefer it for books that I know I'm probably not going to want in my collection or if I'm testing out a new author that I've never heard of, but you know, 
Maybe it's getting good reviews and I kind of want to try it out. I'll buy it on Kindle because it's often going to be a lot cheaper. And then if I don't like the book, then I know, you know, not to go back or to have a physical copy. With physical books, it's more so like curating and creating a book collection. So there's a lot more intention when I purchase a physical book. Kindle books, the second I see something on sale, if I've been kind of wanting to read it, I'll buy it without even thinking. And actually, if you do have Amazon and Amazon Prime, um, there are books go on sale so often. I find really great deals where I can buy books for $4.99 and less. Um, I, I buy so many of them. And once the algorithm kind of knows your book style. They rec they consistently recommend me amazing books that are on sale so that it, it basically just comes to me. So that's, yeah, that, that's what makes it easier. Um, then in terms of like physical, physical books, again, I want to curate my collection. I don't want to buy a book that I'm probably not going to read again. And for me, this accounts to mostly authors that I love, my favorite authors. I want to collect all the classics. And if I am buying a book in another language, I usually buy the physical copy. Now I know this might not make sense because it's like, oh, wouldn't you want to be able to highlight um, words and learn them? But for me, the answer is no. I prefer to have a physical copy of a book if it's in you know Spanish or if it's in French because I can really take my time with it. Um, and I'll definitely go back. Like I buy books in other languages with the intention of reading them again. Um, and I also want to build up my collection of, of other languages. So most of my book collection is again, like a lot of classics. I have a lot of French classics, like the folio, like the pocket books. I have a lot of novels by, you know, okay, let me, let me just think. My favorite Spanish, sorry, my favorite author that writes in the Spanish language is Isabel Allende. So I'll, I want to buy all of her books and eventually just have a one collection of all her novels. If it's like a classic author, like right now I'm trying to collect Joan, Joan Didion or Eve Babbitt's like icons, basically literature icons. I'm not going to buy the Kindle book. I'm going to buy the the physical copy because then it's going to look great on my collection. And I know I'm going to revisit these books again and again. And I know I'm going to show them off. And like, you know, you want to show off your amazing book collection. It's like amazing. You'll go back to it. You'll pass it down to your children. So some things that are in my basket right now, actually, which I have in my Amazon basket, The Virgin Suicides. I've wanted, been wanting to read that ever since I watched the movie. Eve's Hollywood. Um, the Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. Um, and then I also have a Spanish book, La Increíble y Triste Historia de la Candida Herendira y de su Abuela by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. So he wrote one, oh my God, what is it called? 100 Years of Solitude. So books like that, I'm not going to buy them on Kindle. I'm going to purchase all of them in the same edition so that they all kind of have a similar flow. And then I'm going to put them on a shelf. And I'm going to go back to them. So the reason I'm saying all of this is because if you're trying to build up a collection or you're trying to be more intentional, buying just any book you want, you're going to be drowning in books if you read a lot. And, you know, we don't have infinite space in our homes, right? You, you have 
a few bookshelves and that's it. And especially if you're living in like an apartment or a condo, if you're reading all the time, it's not like, it doesn't make sense to just buy all of your books because that's expensive too. Like books cost a lot of money. Like right now my basket, I have one, two, three, four, five, I have seven books and it's $134 in my basket. That's a lot of money. And if you're reading so much, like you're, you're wasting so much of your paycheck on books, which like, I mean, it's justified. Like I, I agree. I'd rather, I'd rather spend my money on books than on clothes or on food, but still like you have to have a balance, right? I don't know if this is even giving tips. Like I, I don't think <laughs> I'm really giving good tips, but tips on actually reading more. I think I would just start with finding a genre that you like exploring like be very exploratory think of what what subjects you like to learn more of you know like do you like analyzing things do you like learning about psychology like is there a topic you're interested in or are you more interested in like I don't know like fantasy fiction like think about what you want um an easy way to discover this is kind of by looking at what tv shows you're interested in because that can lead you to discovering an author maybe for example like if you love Bridgerton maybe you want to look at the the book's that created the series because Bridgerton was originally a book series or like if you're obsessed with Twilight maybe start with those books like there's nothing wrong with reading a book um and even if it's a YA novel like um young adult uh fiction there is nothing wrong and you should never feel shame for the kind of books you're into and don't let anyone ever shame you or embarrass you and say oh like you're you're too old to be reading like teen novels because why like People read Harry Potter and they're in their 40s and Harry Potter is meant for like school age children, but it's still iconic. And yeah, I'm still going to read it no matter how old I get. And nobody is going to shame me for that. You know, like writing, reading has no like age constraint and it doesn't matter what you read. No matter what you're reading, it's going to have a benefit on you. So just find something that you feel comfortable with. And then what I would say is set aside some time you know, during your day to like wind down and read. Or if you don't have time during the week, maybe, you know, make the intention like I'm, this is going to be my, my reading area. Like make a little reading area within your armchair and like make a cup of coffee and just get into the vibe and the aesthetic of reading and just like romanticize it a little bit. You know, like wait till it's raining outside and just pretend you're like a damsel. Like reading in her room. You know what I mean? Like just make it, make it fun, make it really fun and make it, make it a hobby. And then just read however much you can. Like don't put pressure on yourself to finish a certain amount within a certain time. Give yourself all the time that you need because it, it comes like it, it has to develop. Like in, in 2020, I would read a hundred pages a day. And that was so difficult for me. And now sometimes I've kind of worked up to the point where if I'm not doing anything, if I don't have any commitments, I can read a full 300 page book in a day, but that's not like, I didn't start there. I didn't start, um, you know, forcing myself and like making my brain die of exhaustion to consume content. And, you know, there are some days when I don't have time to read anything. Some days I read 25 pages of a book and I call it a day. You know, sometimes I'm, not feeling well and I just want to watch Netflix or I just want to spend I want to go out with friends I don't have time don't put the pressure on yourself to 
have a set schedule. Like you have to, you know? Um, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on is speed reading. A lot of people, like I've seen a lot of like productivity YouTubers talk about like speed reading or um, reading the summary of a novel because they don't want to read the full book. I personally, I don't like the idea of just reading a summary of a book unless you're doing it for school purposes and you don't want to read the book. But I don't, I don't really see the benefit of speed reading unless you're doing it from an academic purpose. Like you have to read so much within, within a day. Like I, I, I know it can be useful for professions such as law. And I remember when I was writing my LSAT, I had to read a passage so quickly and then be able to analyze it. So I understand where it can be useful, but if you're just reading for leisure, I don't think that it's gonna do anything to try and race through a book, especially if you're trying to learn something from it. And sometimes I find that I do read too fast and I try to force myself to stop. Like I intentionally slow down so that I digest the words better because you do lose out on a lot of the information. Wow, okay, that was a long talk about books. Wow. I'm actually so happy. <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. But yeah, so I guess those are all of my tips about reading. I don't know how I feel about setting a reading challenge. Like I, I did it for this year for myself, but again, it just depends on what's going to feel the best to you because for some people, I guess setting a challenge or an expectation can make reading less fun. And if it's going to do that for you, then I would say just don't just see what, you know, read when you feel like it. For other people, it might be a great challenge and it might be motivating or it might feel good. Like for me, it feels good to have a reading goal because I can, I like measuring, you know, how much I'm reading and no, I don't put, I still don't put pressure on myself to finish a book if I'm behind or something. Um, and then I think my last like takeaway would just be don't, don't judge a book by its cover. But if you only ever, like once you get into reading and you're enjoying it and it's become a hobby, don't just stick to one genre. I would say, I mean, like it's okay if you do, but there's so much to learn about and discover and the knowledge you gain from reading books is like unlimited. Like there's just so much you can discover from reading a good book. And I don't know, I just like, I just want to, I just want everybody to be able to share that feeling with me. I just want everyone to feel that, that sense of awe, that sense of wonder at just, you know, when you, when you relate to a character and you, it reveals something about you or when you read and it just feels so poetic and you just envision in your mind what is happening or the, the amazing feeling when you, when you learn something in a book you're reading and you connect it to other books you read in the past and you just build up this wonderful library within your mind. It's just so, it is so beautiful. And it is one, I think it's one of the most amazing aspects of life that you can just that these words just make sense to us. These arbitrary symbols have so much meaning and 
yeah, I just, I just wish everybody could, could feel that. And yeah, like, honestly, if you told me never watch TV again, or get rid of books, I would definitely go with goodbye. Like, I don't care if I don't watch another show in my life. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if I don't have access to movies. Just give me my books because it is, it is life. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's, that's going to be it. I have rambled on for so long about books. Um, and that's going to be it for today's episode. Because if I talk about anything else, it's going to go so long. And I was actually cut off at the 30 minute mark. And I just went off talking about books. Oh my god. Anyways. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Um, I will give another update on my next episode. I'm hoping that the good weather and, you know, spending time with family and, and now seeing my friends, I hope that it's going to kind of get me in better spirits and get me to a place where I can finally stack all of the the things I want to do so that I can establish a better routine and hopefully just become more consistent. Um, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, again, thank you so much for listening. And I hope, yeah, hope you enjoy your weekend. All right, bye.